Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three recap for this week's FedEx St. Jude Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Hello, Gregors. Hey, Rick. I hope all is well with you. Um, pretty cool day here. Round three of the playoffs underway. Pretty cool to see. Some, some good stuff, some good stories on top of the leaderboard, and really all throughout the leaderboard. Yeah, it's and it's pretty tight, all right? It feels like there's a lot of guys in the mix. Uh, we'll get to how it's breaking down, but I, we enter a final round and I think there are still a decent number of guys who could win this thing. I I think that's a, I think that's a really good call. I mean, you see what kind of scores were out there today. Right. Uh, and while not everybody near the top necessarily shot them, you wonder if somebody near the top can tomorrow. So you have uh, 14 under leading the way and you have, well, 11 guys within five shots of the lead. I would say at the very least, all of those guys have a chance to win tomorrow. Yeah. So we got a little bit of the blueprint early from Justin Rose, who ends up going out in 29, which generally puts us on 59 watch. And he continued that by making birdies at 11 and 12. So he was eight under through 12 holes. Remember, this is a par 70. So he's just got to get 11 under par. He would tack on one more, shoot a nine under 61, tying the course record, moving up 39 spots on the leaderboard and completely flipping the outlook of his week with one great round. It's very interesting. Um, obviously, today, when you go shoot around like that, uh, the putter is going to be cooperating. And it was for Justin Rose today. Uh, he ended up with, and I normally don't pay much attention to this statistic, but it, when it's this impressive, uh, it, it's worth noting. And that's 21 total putts. Okay. He missed three putts today. Uh, 21 total. So really, really impressive stuff. Obviously leads the field in strokes game putting for the week. Uh, I, I thought he hit the ball a little bit better today as well. And it seemed like not only earlier this week, but for a while, Justin Rose has kind of been fighting this swing and fighting his game. And today, while a lot of it comes from the magic on the greens, I, I think there was definitely some signs that Justin Rose is starting to hit it a little better. 61 from Justin Rose was uh, the best round of the day by four shots. One of the five unders, the next best score was shot by the beautiful boy, Victor Hovland. And th this is got to be just incredibly frustrating, Greg, because for the second day in a row, Victor has gone scorched earth around TPC Southwind. This time here on Saturday, he birdies 10, 11, 13, 14, Eagle at 16. And what does he do on 18? Greg, what does he do? He rinses it. Oh, and that is about as much emotion as we have ever seen from Victor. He gave it the full driver slam on the tee box. 
Yeah, and it's it's worth it, right? That's one of those cases. I typically don't condone that kind of thing, but I completely understand the frustration. You're at seven under par for the day, eleven under par for the tournament. You've gotten yourself back in the mix, and there's one place you can't miss it. Yep, and he missed it there, and it's frustrating. It's <laughs> it's so frustrating. You don't know what to do with yourself. So I understand that. Uh, and and I don't think it's a bad thing to see emotion like that. So, um, but all in all, a lot of good stuff coming out of the round from Victor Hovland today. Uh, the iron play is, in, I mean, every time he was in the fairway, this, it, it highlights what, um, what Andy Lack said on your website earlier this week about this golf course. There's a huge difference between hitting it in the fairway and hitting it into the rough. Victor Hovland, was the epitome of that today. Every time he was in the fairway today, with one exception, he was inside of 15 feet. And he made a lot of them. Every single time. Now, you, you start missing fairways, and there are various levels of penalty to deal with, but it's a lot harder to get it close. Uh, but still, when when you're in the fairway and you're taking advantage of every opportunity like that around like this, let's just call it, for the sake of this argument, a seven under par kind of round, uh, that's in play. A mistake like that off the tee will cost you. 18 birdies for the week, tied for first. One eagle on the week, tied for first. Yet he is four shots off the pace. Just a, and, and and that's kind of the thing I like about Southwind. And we were talking about how many guys are, are in play. On 18 with water up the left, there are more guys in play because you could make a you could make a quick double here on the 72nd hole. Yes. And and the other thing about it is look, if you have a multiple shot lead, it becomes a whole lot easier. And we've seen players through history here at TPC Southwind hit it way right when they have a lead on 18. And it's very likely the play. Uh, but it's still it's not an easy up and down. So when, when you have to, if you're in a situation where you have to make par, you have to make birdie, even if you have to make a bogey, um, it, it becomes a much more intimidating tee shot. And that's why I think you've seen guys with great rounds go and they, they take it on and you can hit good shots that end up in the water because it's just so close. And uh, the bunkers on the right-hand side, we've seen players make bogeys out of there. We've seen players make double bogey out of out of the bunkers on the right hand side. It often leads to a layup. So there, there's not really a, a, a an easy way to play that shot. It's one of those where you have to step up and and execute. Of course, when tomorrow, if we see somebody enter that hole with a lead, there'll be a little bit more strategy that comes into play when you have shots to deal with. Uh, but if you're trying to make four there, there's no easy way to do it. You got to step up and hit a tee shot. So looking at the other 65s that were shot today, Corey Connors moved up 23 spots on the leaderboard. Bill Hostler moved up 23 spots on the leaderboard. Max Homa tied for fourth. He moved up 10 spots. Let's highlight Taylor Moore here because he is going to be the closest chaser of, spoiler alert, Lucas Glover. Just one shot back heading into the final round. Uh, Taylor Moore goes out in 31. That's four under. Three birdies and two bogeys on his second nine, including one on 18. If you look at Taylor Moore's season, Greg, it's pretty interesting. He missed a lot of cuts to start the year, found a win at Valspar in the middle of it, hasn't played particularly great since then, has missed more cuts than he has made. So uh, if you're going to pick your spots, Taylor, uh, this is a pretty good one to pick. 
Yeah, and he's shown the ability when he gets himself near the lead, when he gets himself in contention, he can perform. He's a gamer. Um, the outlook, I guess, or, or the the way that I would brand Taylor Moore as a player at this point in his career is definitely a popper. Um, is there maybe a little bit of Sepp Straka in it? Is Taylor Moore the Sepp Straka of last year? There, there are some comparables because when he's playing well, he looks as complete as anybody on the PGA tour and this week as a whole. I mean, it, it, that's really what stands out to me is every area of his game has been really quite good. Um, but nothing that's kind of stealing the show where you'd worry about it. It all seems very sustainable. You know, he's gaining a little bit on the greens with putting nothing crazy, uh, around the greens. He lost some strokes in round two, but, I mean, he only missed two greens, so he didn't have a ton of opportunities. Uh, uh, approaching the greens, he's gaining a, a shot and a half to two shots each round, basically. And um, and he's been pretty good off the tee, uh, accurate, more accurate as the tournament has gone on. So, you know, every area of his game is clicking, and I, I do think that uh, that has some positive implications for tomorrow. Um, I, and I, I also think it, it shows what kind of player Taylor Moore can be. Um, I spent a lot of time next to him on the range at the PGA championship and I have, I'm very impressed with him. He's, he's, he's quite fit. I thought that he took his work seriously. I like the things that I heard. Uh, I'm very bullish on him moving forward, but he's just got to get, it's weird. He has to get like a little more consistent, Greg, before he can get a little more volatile, right? Like that's like the, yes. like, okay. Yeah. I know you already won this year and I'm okay with guys being less consistent, but you've got to, I got to get a little higher floor and then, and then tap into that ceiling. Yeah. Well, all, all of a sudden, I mean, obviously you don't want to change the ceiling, but what can happen for, for poppers from time to time is you start playing on an exemption like this. You start getting a little more aggressive, uh, you want to you want to win a little bit more, or maybe you go the other way and you say, "Hey, I got two years. I'm going to make some changes, make some improvements." And you see a lot of inconsistencies. I'm not saying Taylor Moore has done either of those things, um, but but you can see changes in players' performance after a win. But the problem with relying on that strategy and you know embracing volatility, if you will, is it's really hard to win. Like we talk about every week on the PGA tour and you can't lean on that every year because all of a sudden that one great week is going to turn into a tied eighth and it's not going to be enough to get you into the top 70. So consistency on the PGA tour, in my opinion, is going to get more and more important as things roll on. But the ceiling is always a good thing to have because it can get you in contention in tournaments like this. Yeah, well, he is certainly in contention with 18 holes to go one shot off the lead. We have a lot of other names to talk about, including our leader, the number one player in the world. Lots of fun stuff coming up. We are going to do that after a quick word from our partners. And we're back. Lucas Glover, 14 under. Taylor Moore, 13 under. Tommy Fleetwood, 12. And a pair of names at 11 under par. Jordan Spieth and Max Homa. We spent a lot of time this week talking about Jordan Spieth. Let's talk about Max Homa here, Greg, because uh, I, you know, I think about what you say all the time, which is if you look at the results and you add a one here, you know, and we'd say, oh, this was this was obviously coming. This makes a lot of sense. Max Homa very quietly, T twenty one at the Rocket Mortgage, T twelve at the Scottish, T ten at the Open Championship. Those were his last three finishes. 
Now he is going to be three shots off the lead thanks to a bogey-free 65 heading into the final round of the FedEx St. Jude Championship. Mm, um, he definitely fits in that category of a, a win. You could argue you would see this coming. But the difference with Max Homa, and I'm saying this as a, as a positive, he has not been hitting the ball the way he was the past couple of years as he started to really make this transition. Uh, his off the tee game, his approach play has been so elite and it all hinged on the putting. And that's kind of changed a little bit. And and I the reason why I say that's a positive is he's had the ability without having his best stuff tee to green to still put scores together. You know, professional 68s when they could have easily been 74s. Uh, you know, 70, 71s instead of 74s. We're seeing a lot of that out of Max Holman, and it's keeping him in contention. I think that's a good thing because this player, Max Holma, is getting more and more complete. And, and no longer is he in a place where if he puts well, he wins. And if he doesn't put well, uh, he doesn't win. And And also, if he doesn't hit it well, he misses the cut. Now he's able to hang around and he can kind of play the game a little bit. He he has ways to score that is much more complete than it ever has been. And so for that reason, you know, Max Holma getting himself in contention here, it becomes really scary for the rest of the field because he's had an ability to contend. I don't I would not say that he's lost his ball striking by any means. He's just become more complete. He hasn't had to lean on it as much. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Uh, come out uh, over the over the last 18 holes and hit the ball well, much like he did today. I wouldn't be surprised to see if he misses a green, to see a really big up and down late in this tournament. I, I think Max Holm is a complete player and uh, and very much a part of the story heading into tomorrow. The main story heading into tomorrow is Lucas Glover, who has, um, how do I want to put this? He put... 100 bucks down on 35 on roulette. He hit that, and now he has just taken that money and he's put it right back on the same number because he is about to parlay two back-to-back -back weeks into some life-changing stuff here. He entered last week the Wyndham Championship, 112th in the FedEx Cup standings, wins that golf tournament. He is currently front-running this one, which would place him third in the standings and set him up for... Could you, I mean, what could you imagine? What, like, what if he just goes on and wins the tour championship? Uh, look, this is the wild thing about Lucas Glover. Um, typically, guys who win the Wyndham to get into the playoffs are not this upper echelon player. And, and Lucas Glover isn't an upper echelon player, at least as far as, um, you know, name value is considered. But when you look at this game, what do we value at the top of the world golf rankings? We value TD green play. We value ball striking. Uh, and while Lucas may not have the distance that some of those guys do, he beats them in accuracy and his iron play is just as good. You, you saw Max Homa say it, right? I mean, if you've ever stood next to Lucas Glover on the range, you know, he's different, but he's not a household name because there's a gaping hole with what he does on the greens and it's, it, it has been gaping and he's, he's solved it. I mean, really no short misses on Thursday or Friday today. There was one, um, but a lot of really high quality putts made. Uh, and I, I think Lucas Glover has kind of cracked a code and 
belongs in a in a different category quite frankly it, it it's shocking to me when you say he goes from 129 the week before the playoffs to winning the FedEx Cup but Lucas Glover from a tee to green perspective is not 129 uh, in the rankings and because he's answered a question with putting but it's it's a simple it, it's these short ones Rick right it, it's like how this perplexes me with Scotty Scheffler. How, how is it that one of the best athletes in the game of golf, an elite athlete in the world of sports can struggle with three foot putts? It doesn't make sense. He solves that problem. And now it's like the rest of this game can blossom. And, and that's really special to see. And it is one of the more dramatic ways to change a player. It, it, it has an effect that goes way beyond what happens just on the greens, just in putting statistics. It, it affects his game entirely through the bag. This includes, obviously, the last couple of months where Lucas Glover has been much better with the putter. But for this season, his putting from three feet, he makes 97% of the, or I should, I should actually give you the real number. 96.6. That's great for me, Greg. That sounds like a lot. That is 189th on the PGA tour. There are only a handful. There's only a hundred. No, he is dead last. There's only 189 qualified golfers. So he misses more three footers than anybody on tour. Anybody with a job from four feet. He makes 88.8% of those. Again, I would love to make 88.8% of my four-footers. That is 171st on tour. There's only 189 qualified golfers. That alone, just make all your three and four-footers, saves you like six shots a week. And, and you could argue it's even more than that because it's not like there's a huge number of misses when you look at that percentage true but what always exists is the fear of one of those misses and so you can play a hole to perfection and you have to be able to clean up a three and four footer every time you miss a green if you hit a chip inside of five feet you're you're pretty happy not him <laughs> you should be but he's worried about that so that affects the chip and that affects like it, it's one thing. This is what amazes me about Scotty Scheffler. He has had this ability to, especially in the majors, especially on really difficult golf courses, uh, but really on all golf courses, he has had the mental fortitude to hit it to 20 feet, even though there's this chance that, you know, he's going to miss no matter how close he hits it. He has the ability to, to separate that from the rest of his game, which I think is really impressive and really rare. Uh, but for Lucas Glover, I think it had a little bit of an effect. For Rory McIlroy, I think it had a little bit of an effect. For John Rahm last year, I think it had a little bit of an effect. Um, and, and so when you kind of free that up in your mind, now all of a sudden the talent can blossom. And that's what we're seeing with Lucas Glover right now. One shot lead with 18 to go for Lucas Glover in the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. He is second. On approach, first from tee to green, 34th with the putter, which is really all you got to do if you are Lucas Glover. Um, we have been making a lot of references to Scotty Scheffler. Let's just talk about it. A one over mm. 71 in which he lost, not a typo, 
4.4 strokes putting. This will this is the third worst putting round of his career. So after a pretty decent start to the week with that custom Scotty Scheffler prototype that Taylor made put together for him, a disastrous round on the greens. Yes. And he had a lot of really good shots. Right. I mean, he makes two bogeys, one birdie. There are a lot of a lot of players shot great rounds with two bogeys today. Um, but there's a lid on the hole for him uh, again. And I, I wonder how he'll respond from this. Is this does he go back to the original putter? Does he make an even bigger change? Does he look into something like what Lucas Glover is using? Uh, you know, just a complete departure. Because again, it's not like the problem is, well, you're not making anything from 20 feet. No, and and this is a this is a different kind of an issue to me. So I, I think it, it may be we'll see how we'll see how it goes. But what, it, what you know what you do here. I mean li- I mean listen, they're they're Scotty <laughs> Scotty's thinking about the BMW championship. He's thinking about 18 million bucks up top for the FedEx cup. He's going to have to go to Rome here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, He's already, he's already gotten over the mental hurdle of putting a different putter in the bag. Do you abandon that? Do you, I mean, doing something even crazier, like going out and getting a, a a broomstick would seem shocking. It would be shocking to me, but what do you do? Do you just ride, you just ride this out? I think you have to understand how he's feeling. You got to really get into how he's feeling. Um, and this is something that Lucas Glover talked about, how with those three and four foot putts before he made the switch, um, the feeling was, it, it was a terrible feeling to the point where he was thinking about going, you know, the next option, if the broomstick didn't work, was going left-handed. Uh, you know, and, and so we're, we're to the last couple of options here. But the problem was he couldn't recreate that feeling in practice. So the the question with Scotty Scheffler is, is there a feeling that's going on here? Is there something um, in the mental thing that we can't solve physically? I think there, I think there's something going on with the stroke. I thought it was much calmer day one and day two. Uh, But when he gets in close range, if you watch his head motion, the, the look is really quick. Uh, and and Gary Player's simple drill of listening for the ball going into the hole, I think would go a long way for, for Scotty Scheffler. So maybe there's something they can do with the technique. Because ultimately, like he's second in the FedEx Cup. He's right. still contending in all these events. He doesn't have to do anything. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't get it solved, then it's going to be a disappointing year. And and you could argue it already is a disappointing year. Yeah, it's truly bizarre. I mean, a guy like Lucas Glover, no offense to Lucas Glover, but the reason that he makes a change is because he's at rock bottom, right? And he's, he's, Scotty isn't at the opposite of rock, but Scotty's on top of the world. Scotty's number one in the world, right? right? Like how, how does he really need to go to the broomstick? Right. That would be so, I mean, there's probably not precedent for that, right? I mean, I guess. I mean, there were times I guess Tiger went through swing changes as the number one player, as the greatest player to ever play the game. But like th- this, but he's is, always the exception, right? So this is, it is a very, very unique situation that he's in. So I, I understand what it would be any reluctance to change, any 
it would be a very it's got it's got to be keeping him up at night. Uh, some similar things that come to my mind: VJ Singh um, near the top of the world. I don't believe he was number one in the world um, when he was making some changes with putting style. Um, you know, he he chipped left hand low. VJ made some changes, and he was at least near the top of the world. Um, the other guy, Jim Furyk, changed putters all the time, but not the style, which I think is a, a big difference. And Scotty hasn't changed the, the style at all. And sometimes a, a reset, like what's best for his putting performance, that may be a different question than what's best to do right now during the playoffs before the Ryder Cup. Uh, but but if you go with a completely different change, you are, you can erase. It's like restarting your computer, right? You erase all that memory wherever that issue is wherever that some some wires are crossed somewhere that's creating this feeling you can reset that with a big change that's not a a putter change you know that's a a style change and i i don't know if that's worth it at at this point has scotty considered taking out the cartridge blowing in it and putting it back in that fixed all my problems when i was a kid Right. That, that fixed, or, you know, turn it off and turn it back on again. Right. Problem is he's got to do it for next week. And hey, that's what you do in a panic, right? You blow the cartridge, yeah. get the dust out. If something works. Um, all right. Let's see the odds board. Josh, do we have that available? Please. Thank you much. Lucas Glover, two to one to win his second straight PGA tour event. Taylor Moore plus four twenty to capture his second win not only of his career, but of the season, Tommy Fleetwood haven't didn't spend much oxygen on Tommy three straight 66 is for Tommy lad. He's lurking might just back his way into his first career PGA tour victory. Plus four thirty. Spieth at seven and a half to one max home at nine to one. And then the next shortest odds are Rory McIlroy at 18. So basically four and a half names at the top of the board, likely the ones who will determine this championship. Yeah, and that that makes sense to a large degree, right? Those are the guys that are at eleven or or better. Um, and then you got Victor, who played great. You got Rory in there. Those guys are five shots back, um, which is it, it's a long ways. It's going to take a real impressive round. Could Rory put something together? I, I think that's a possibility. He's kind of been driving it really well, struggling with the irons or not driving it quite as well and having a great day with the irons. He, he hasn't quite pieced it all together yet. I think that's possible for Rory. Um, Jordan Spieth has been very aggressive. I mean, especially today, even greens he hit, he, he was always on the short side. That could go well tomorrow. It could also be a disaster. So I, you know, I, I feel like there's a razor's edge with Jordan Spieth right now. I, I just feel I feel like Lucas Glover is going to win. So do I. I would I would even like Tommy a little bit, but he's having an unreal putting week. He's gained like yeah. six strokes there. I worry leading the field. Yeah, I feel like that's coming back to earth a little bit. I just I think Glover wins it. I, that's like genuinely how I feel about it. Um, the guy doesn't seem to get all that flustered. He's is resting heart rate is like 40 you know i i i think he's gonna get and, and like what do you have to do here on this golf course you, you gotta drive it really well but not necessarily long what does lucas do uh drives it really well drives it really accurately 
it's really accurate uh, approach shots. It just, it, this doesn't feel like a, like a sleeper, right? This feels like a guy on a golf course. That's great for him. Um, it, it fits his game perfectly. And while the, the putter has gotten so much attention, he's not leaning on it. He doesn't have to, it just has to be average. Okay. Right. Yeah. It just has to be okay. Yeah. It just, I think, I think like, and at every angle, at every level, unless you're looking at the, well, he can't win back to back. And is that really a good reason? Look, he's going to win this tournament. Uh, there's been so much conversation about putters this week, guys who have changed guys. who Sam Burns already ditched his Sam Burns pulled out the jailbird for Thursday and Friday already went back to his, his gamer today on Saturday. Uh, did you see that Rory McElroy's phantom was an inch longer than it should have been? And he realized it, I guess last night or this morning and the equipment trucks have already left. So what do you do when, what do you do, Greg, when the equipment trucks have left and you need, you need your putter chopped down a half an inch or an inch? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, ask someone in the pro shop for help. Right. That's what so I would find, right? you know, find a local PGA tour superstore. I'm sure they would take care of you. I'm sure they would. Um, or you go to old faithful. Well, the, right. Rory did, Rory did, uh, Rory did the second option. Harry took it to Edwin, Edwin Watts and had to cut it down, which is like, I don't, I don't know how many locations there are of Edwin Watts, but it's like, in, I mean, California is like Roger Dunn and just like a shot. I mean, do they, does he walk in and say, Hey, like, by the way, this is Rory McIlroy's putter. So really don't screw this one up. Or does he just try to fly in under the radar and say, Hey, I no, you have, this. you gotta, you gotta tell him. It's too risky. It's too risky to not tell. Them. Yeah. And you need the discount. Yeah. 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 Instead of the six bucks. Or <laughs> uh, the, um, the, the grip, putting the grip back on is the real thing, right? You got to Okay. I need this grip to be dead square. Like right. you're now on a tour van. Okay. Step, uh, step up. Step up. That's a lot of pressure on the guy. It, it, but yeah, maybe you don't tell him because then it's the pressure's too high. I think you tell them. I think you they got to know it's important. You can recheck and double check because yeah. it's all, you're not going to mess up. You're not going to like slip and choke and cut two inches off. Right. Right. You're also, gonna, you also just, you have this backup of like, okay, Harry, you say it's good. Like don't walk out until Harry says it's good. Right. We can check, yeah. double check this. Like, I'll give you 20 grips. Right. Whatever you need. Right. So uh, yeah, I think uh, you have to tell them and it's, it's very, you know, the weights change too. That's, uh, well, that's what they said. Yeah, that's a right. great call because they finally got a hold of the Scotty Cameron guy and he said, oh, okay, well, that's going to change your your weight. And I guess yes. they did a little lead tape, I, I think, on the bottom to uh, to get it to get it right. But you're right. right. It's not just, it's not if, just cutting it off. <laughs> yeah. If you buy Scotty Cameron's off the rack, if you take the same exact putter and look at a 35, 34, 33 inch putter, they all have different weights in there. Correct. Stock. And they get heavier as they get shorter. Mm -hmm. So you cut a little bit off, you got to add some weight to the bottom. So um, as you would expect there, they know that. What a world. But I'm kind of surprised he didn't just go back to, you know, old faithful. I, I thought that was coming today. I kind of did too. 
I okay, so let's Scotty cannot use his putter tomorrow, right? If you have the you have to go back to he's got to go back to his other one. Not that it's No, I, I'd give I'd give it another day. Why? <laughs> well, what I mean, I know that this is uh, like extreme. <laughs> like what could, um but what was it like I don't know, was it like I I I would say this without knowing Scotty without having a chance to talk to him and see how he how he really felt about it. Mm -hmm. I can't say you got to ditch the putter after one bad day because we saw some really good stuff with it. That's true. Question is what changed? So you got to figure that out before you make a, a rash decision. Um, and I, I wouldn't jump on it just based on today unless it felt unless he has some bad feelings. Right. That I'd, but you got to talk to Scotty about it. Maybe he'll just, uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe he'll just put with like his three wood or something. Could you imagine? Okay. So I mean, on hole number one, he's just like three wood. Put an extra wedge in play. There you go. You know, it could, no. could it hurt and could help. All right. I love it. Uh, this time tomorrow, we will have a winner in Memphis. We will have our top 50 set for not only the BMW Championship, but our signature events. Big, big, big sad Sunday yeah. in stock. If you can get inside the top 50, your, your season is set. So keep an eye out on that number. We'll be back to chat it all up. Producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme available on Twitter at the Real GFD. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.